Okay, g'day everyone, Adam Pickett here, Pushing Rubber Podcast. Um, hope you're all, hope you're all well. Um, very annoyed today I am. <clears throat> and very annoyed I was last night. Um, and the reason for this is that Quadrant Magazine uh, apologised for an article yesterday now for my overseas listeners and there are lots of you and for my australian listeners who perhaps uh, aren't familiar with quadrant uh, quadrant is the uh, i suppose it's the last truly conservative uh, think tank publication magazine in australia um, it's been over, around for over 50 years and uh, for Australians it's available in news agents and I've been a reader of Quadrant probably for about 20-25 years now and I have to say that it helped especially back in my younger days it really helped uh, influence my thinking and to help push me towards uh, the conservative right side of politics um, it's also one of the last publications in Australia that publishes decent um, short stories and prose. Um, now, on Monday, the 23rd of May, the uh, online editor for Quadrant, Roger Franklin, uh, published a piece on the uh, online version so you've got the online version of the site and you've got the print version. If you're a subscriber, the, the print articles appear on the online version as well and and they provide some of the uh, print articles free on the online for people who aren't subscribed to um, to read. The magazine comes out once a month, but online they'll put up something every day. Uh, and the, the writers for, for Quadrant are um, amongst the top um, writers in Australia. The only issue I have with Quadrant is that um, many of the articles are overly lengthy. We're talking like five, six, seven, eight thousand words. Um, and I think that derives from a traditional university style. Um, they are having getting writers on there now, like Tim Blair, who's writing a lot more, a lot more punchy pieces, but they they do tend to be um, quite verbose a lot of the time. So online editor Roger Franklin uh, wrote a piece called "The Manchester Bombers ABC Pals." Uh, there is a um, there is a, a television program in Australia to call Q&A, questions and answers, which is is on the ABC. It, it's it's completely left-hard uh, and infected by the ABC left-hardism. And for those listening overseas, just to understand, uh, the ABC, the Australian Broadcasting Commission, has an annual budget now of 1.2 billion Australian dollars. And this is for a country of, you know, 22 million people. 1.2 billion dollar annual budget. For the ABC, um, 
there's there's no need for this even it's no need for the ABC even to exist anymore because private enterprise provides everything that the ABC could provide um, but the yeah ABC is such a monolith now it's like a giant amoeba that sucking everything into its space that it's actually putting private enterprises out of business because it's government funded and doesn't have to be competitive um, Fairfax which is uh, runs some of the lefty newspapers in Australia like the Sydney Morning Herald and the Melbourne Age uh, is in huge financial difficulties and part of that not all of it because they've really mismanaged what they're doing but part of it is because their audience is the ABC's audience and the ABC can provide uh, everything that Fairfax does um, on the taxpayer dime, which is really hard to compete against. So Q&A is a panel show on television hosted by Tony Jones. So they normally get four or five lefty shit libs on there uh, and one token uh, conservative to be sacrificed to the baying audience. Uh, the audience to get in, you have to declare on a apparently on a, some sort of electronic device whether you vote green, left or right, and there are and never any true conservatives in the Q and A audience. So people just lie to be able to get in from whatever's required at the, at the time. So the Q and A for those listening who's not familiar with it is really the the Australian bastion of shit shit lib progressive cultural Marxist left hard thinking. Um, now on Monday night's episode apparently I don't watch it of course I'm not that much of a masochist um, but on Monday night's uh, episode um, they were talking about Islamic terror um, and basically what they said according to Roger Franklin's article um a guard, they had a Guardian journalist on there called Mona Chalabi. Um, and at the show's 56-minute mark, she said this, Actually, the threat of Islamic fundamentalism, if you want to view it in terms of number of dead bodies, which, as awful as it sounds, is the way to kind of make sense of some threat, actually really isn't that present. The chance of being killed by a foreign-born terrorist is one in 3.6 million, but all of our perception of threat has been distorted because of the way that risk is presented to us by politicians. So it's a threat which really isn't that present, is what she's saying. And then a fellow guest by the name of Lawrence Krauss, who Franklin describes as, quote, the warmest shill who has the gall to present himself as a man of science, couldn't resist the temptation to demonstrate a nuance acuity. Below are his actual words reproduced, reproduced verbatim, try not to throw up. Quote, you're more likely to be killed by a refrigerator in the United States falling on you, unquote, in reference to be uh, a victim of Islamic terror. But then, of course, the next day, or that very night, or the early hours of the Australian morning, the next day, uh, the Manchester bombing happened. What terrible timing. So Roger Franklin wrote his, this article on Quadrant, and he said this. Um, this morning, mere hours after Jones's guest pocketed their ABC taxi vouchers and repaired to Hotel 
rooms paid for with taxpayer dollars processed through the Sydney Writers' Festival, mere children were torn to pieces on the other side of the world. Life isn't fair and death less so. What if that blast had detonated in an Ultimo TV studio? Unlike those young girls in Manchester, their lives snuffed out before they could begin, none of the panel's likely casualties would have represented the slightest reduction in humanity's intelligence, decency, empathy or honesty. This is what's known in the biz as satire. And all satire comes from intrinsic anger. Now, terrible timing for the ABC that they should laugh off mere terrorism as, as equatable to being hit uh, or killed by a refrigerator. And I wrote a piece on this myself. Uh, and the ABC should have been absolutely... Uh, well, they were in a position, a really, really vulnerable position of because, because of the terrible timing of what had happened for the ABC. So... What left, left ship, shit libs are really good, though, with doing is defending themselves in situations like this. And the best defence uh, is always attack. And shit libs know this. So they cast around to deflect um, any blame for their terrible faux pas for the timing of this episode and the terrorist attack the next day and what they'd said. And they settled on Roger Franklin's uh, article especially the part that I just quoted to you then. It was front page of the Australian newspaper that uh, the CEO, Michelle Guthrie of the ABC, demanded a retraction and apology from Quadrant. Now, I've never met Roger Franklin, but I have um, uh, conversed with him online back and forth on, on, on a particular forum. Uh, and I was absolutely certain, as were many other people, that he would not back down in the face of this and would only step it up. Because the thing about Quadrant is it's uniquely um, positioned because last year, exactly a year ago, it had what little funding it received under the Australian Arts Council uh, withdrawn. I think it was about sixty or $70,000 a year. So it was just able to keep going on a shoestring budget which meant that it's now entirely subscription-driven because they don't do ads, advertisements in it. Um, which, makes it, which makes it beautifully positioned to resist these attacks. Roger Franklin didn't call for the ABC Ultimo studio to be bombed, of course, which is what, uh, what the CEO was claiming. And funnily enough, uh, on Monday night, the, uh, these paddle members in Q&A laugh amongst themselves about Islamic terrorism. <laughs> You've got more chance of being killed by a refrigerator in the USA than you have of being killed by a terrorist attack. Uh, and three days later, they're beefing up security around the old, same Ultimo studio because they're terrified, apparently, of what Roger Franklin wrote in a satirical article on Quadrant magazine, which proves Franklin's point. But yesterday evening, what did Quadrant do? Keith Windshuttle, the overall editor, because remember Roger Franklin's the online editor. Keith Windshuttle, the overall editor for Quadrant, apologised. 
uh, and forced Roger Franklin uh, to amend the peace, which he has done. He hasn't taken it down. Here is Keith Winshuttle's letter dated the 24th of May to Michelle Guthrie, the managing director of the ABC. Dear Miss Guthrie, I received your letter today. Having reviewed the article in question on Quadrant Online, it is clear that its intemperate wording fails considerably short of the standards Quadrant seeks to uphold. The article represents a serious error of judgment and should not have been published. I've therefore instructed that the article and its comments should be withdrawn completely from our website. That hasn't happened as of the time of me. Um, making this recording at 10 o'clock in the morning on Thursday, the 25th. Even though I do not share all of the interpretations expressed in your letter, I accept your assurance about the offence that caused you and your staff. You have my unreserved apology for any concerns it might have given you. The author of the article, Quadrant Online Editor Roger Franklin, has been counselled. <laughs> I love that word. While our editorial processes are being reviewed to ensure that the standards upheld by the print edition of Quadrant since 1956 are also upheld in the online site. The last thing anyone at Quadrant will want to do is threaten violence to anyone, which, by the way, is not what Franklin did. We are committed to a long tradition of resolving disputed issues by the peaceful processes of informed debate, logical argument and factual accuracy. We condemn the senseless murder of children adults in the Manchester terror attack and offer our heartfelt sympathy to the victims. Blah, 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 fucking blah. Yours faithfully. Keith Winshuttle, Editor-in-Chief, Cuck, King Cuck, Australian Conservatives. That's what he is. Um, I was really pissed off about this. I'm still very, 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 very pissed off. When are Conservatives ever going to learn that you never, ever, ever apologise to the left, ever, even if you're wrong, which Quadrant is not in this circumstance. An apology is an admission of guilt and, more importantly, an admission of guilt on the left's terms. By apologising, you are giving credibility to the nonsense and the agenda that the left, the progressive shit-lift lebs, shit-lib lefts, push. This is, this is a real, this is really devastating um, for Quadrant and for conservatives in general. I, I don't know what Roger Franklin is, is thinking this morning, but I, I, I'd be thinking he feels utterly, utterly betrayed. Uh, I have saved the pre-amended version of this article because I had a feeling this was going to go down. Uh, and I might just publish it up in full on my website if anyone's interested in reading it. But this kowtowing to the left, this is what, this is what the Conservatives have been doing for 50 years. And we never, ever, ever seem to learn Quadrant could have could have made its name, could have made its name by standing up. And don't say that there was any legal threat, because there's absolutely none here when you look at the wording of it. Absolutely none at all. And if the boys in blue were knocking on Quadrant's door, 
that's even more reason to do it. If you're not prepared to stand up and fight, when the words that you're throwing hit their target, then why are you throwing the words to begin with? If you're taking flack, it means you're over the target, as is widely, widely said. The Quadrant had a real chance here to up their game in the sense of their, their, their distribution and their awareness of the magazine across Australia to other people, especially young conservatives, especially young guys like my age when I first discovered Quadrant, and I only discovered it by chance, by complete accident. Instead, they, they folded. They completely folded. And we've got, on the Cadillacy uh, Files um, blog, on the open forum, there's a lot of anger at, at what's gone down. But there's also, you have the same, as always, the use, useless, the useful idiot moderates preaching, oh, you know, it's only one article. You guys are always so black and white. You've got to learn when to win your battles and when to to give it up, blah, 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 blah. It's nothing worse than moderates in this situation. They're even worse than the enemy because at least we know who the enemy are. But moderates pretend to be on your side while undermining you with, from within. There's a great, great quote from the Roman politician and philosopher Cicero. I'll read it for you. A nation can survive its fools and even the ambitious. But it cannot survive treason from within. An enemy at the gates is less formidable, for he is known and carries his banner openly. But the traitor moves amongst those within the gate freely. His sly whispers, rustling through all the alleys, heard in the very halls of government itself. For the traitor appears not a traitor. He speaks in accents familiar to his victims, and he wears their face and their arguments. He appeals to the baseness that lies deep in the hearts of all men. He rots the soul of a nation. He works secretly and unknown in the night to undermine the pillars of the city. He infects the body politic so that it can no longer resist. A murderer is less to fear. Words that have lasted for 2,000 years. We have a, a nest of traitors now in the West. And I, I wrote an article today uh, called We Are Divided, The Three Enemies of Western Civilization." I got a great comment from Brandon, which I quoted. And the comment goes uh, on, another, on another post I did yesterday. The comment goes, I've realised that when the apologists say they will not divide us, the they they are referring to is not the murdering spawn of Satan, as in Islamic terrorists. No, the they are us, those who want every terrorist tracked down and dot, dot, dot. The unity they do not want broken is the Labour Party and its Muslim bloc vote, the Marxists and their Islamic coalition, the Liberals and their free movement of terrorists, and the Conservative Party and their infatuation with diversity, foreign, skilled and unskilled labour. He's right. When, they, when, when all the shit libs get out and say they will not divide us, these terrorist attacks will not divide us, what they're really saying is we will not rise up against you. We are all going to stay on our multicultural path of self-destruction, assured certainty self-destruction. That's what they mean by they will not divide us. Because otherwise, what does it mean? Because if you're not divided, it means you're unified. So what are they uniting it behind? They're uniting it 
behind multiculturalism and all its inherent lies, which we're seeing play out. Nail bombs through little girls at, at teeny bopper concerts. Think of, uh, think of the, the, the TV shots you get of a concert of the Beatles back in the 1960s and the girls in the audience all sitting down and dressed in little white blouses and screaming their hearts out and having a great time and the Beatles up on stage there and singing away. Now imagine a nail bomb going off in the middle of those girls as they were leaving. That's what happened on Tuesday, on Monday night, I mean in, uh, in Manchester. Those were the victims. And the powers that be have stuck 5,000 more police officers on the street and now they've put the military out in Great Britain. They hadn't done it before. All the other, I mean, think of the, uh, the London bombings attacks back in, what was it, 2000 and... I can't remember, three, four, five? On the buses and the trains, the military didn't go out then, but uh, little girls at a, a pop concert and the military's on the street the next day. Why? Are they protecting everyone against the terrorists? Nah. They're protecting the government against the population, against the populace, because they know that little girls getting shredded by nail bombs is one step too far. I quoted Tim Newman. He did a really good piece, and he said, the first sign of things going badly wrong in Britain might not be a mob firebombing a mosque, but a policeman or judge winding up in a ditch, throat cut with a note stuffed in his pocket. That's how Sean Fenn won in, the, uh, in Northern Ireland, in the Troubles. That's who they went after. They knew who the enemy were. Here's, a, um, here's a, a, another post that I quoted. It's from the Rouge V Forum. And I, I don't have a link to it because someone else posted this. And I don't have access to the Rouge V Forum because I'm not a member. Uh, seeing those tweets from Darren B, and Darren B's a, a shit lib who did the usual tweets of uh, it's our fault for the Muslim, Islamic, blah, blah, blah. Seeing those tweets from Darren B rekindled a memory that only just fully formed. All such tweets like Darren B's should be simply retweeted by patriots with the addition of hashtag collaborator. No need for explanations or reasoning to clutter the message and dull the accusation. It's one thing to get a thousand retweet tweets telling you to drop dead, go to hell, fuck off, suck a dick, etc. It's entirely more chilling to get 1,000 retweets that just say collaborator. That sends a message that patriots are not a ramshackle pack of drunken hooligans but a very pissed off and typically silent majority of professionals that are beginning to recognise traitors and mark them for future justice. Beyond that, it's impossible to thought police and doesn't qualify as a threat. It's also fanciful to attack one person for saying the exact same thing as 999 other people. Imagine some globo-cuck globo celebrities feed filled with nothing but collaborator. How the hell could the media handle that? How the hell could the media handle that? Imagine the, the globo-cluck journalists' feed filled with that. The media actually being filled with that. Imagine the politicians' feeds being filled with that. We've got, we got a term for this, quizzling. Heard that term before? 
Uh, it's by it's come from a Norwegian guy who uh, his last name was Quisling. I can't remember his first name, but he was a Norwegian politician who actively collaborated with uh, Nazi Germany um, before and after they invaded Norway in the Second World War and formed his own formed a government. Uh, and Quisling was tried and executed after the war. And his name has become a byword for collaborator, a byword for a fifth columnist, a byword for a useful idiot at best. That's what the government really fears, and that's what the Shidlibs fear. They don't much more than Islamic fundamentalists throwing a bomb off here and there. They fear the general population rising up and taking matters into their own hands. Every time that conservatives fold under pressure, and there was no pressure yesterday at Quadrant, there was an article on the front page of The Australian the response to Michelle Guthrie from the ABC should have been, dear Michelle Guthrie, go fuck yourself because no, sure as hell no one else will. That's all I need to say. But they folded. And if one thing conservatives have proved really, really good at doing over the last 50 years, it's either folding themselves or being the prancing moderate who stabs in the back the conservatives that aren't folding forces them to resign or retire or bow out time and time and time and time again. I get the feeling that something's changed in the last few days. It's like it's just, it's taken that one step too far and the veil has been torn asunder. Suddenly we're all seeing the matrix numbers coming down the screen in front of our eyes. That's what I feel has happened in the last few days. Because this uh, Islamic terrorist attack in Manchester, little girls and young women, by these loser cowards, which, by the way, was, was ostensibly an attack on men, just like the Cologne rape attacks on New Year's, Eve's, New Year's Eve from a couple of years ago. It's saying to Western men, you can't protect your women and children and girls and we can do this with impunity and it's not because western men can't fight won't fight back it's because western men can't fight back and it's the governments that are stopping western men from fighting back and i'll say it again there are five thousand police on the streets and the military on the streets extra police and the military in the streets of great britain today not to protect the people from terrorists but to protect the government from the people that's what they're there for Oh, they'll catch a terrorist here and there. Wave him around. And everyone will be free, all the shit libs will be free to go to their candlelight vigils and to, uh, you know, do their hashtags, you know, I stand with, you know, Manchester or whatever crap they say and put little uh, coloured banners on their gravatars online and preen and prance and virtue signal to their heart's content. And anyone who questions them, of course, is a terrible person because... They're questioning the narrative because they will not divide us, remember? We are united in our multiculturalism. I, I haven't really commented on, on other terrorist attacks. Being like Chris Turnbull, but this one, this one feels different. This one does feel different.
So what's what's the answer? As I write in my piece today, we've got three enemies. We our enemies are Islamic Muslims, third world invaders. Um, our own governments and progressive shit libs. These are the enemies. As regards to the third world Muslim invaders and all other cultural enrichers, remember thirty percent of Australia's population is is born a born overseas at this point in time. The only only the only acceptable line at this point is mass expulsion, and there's plenty of historical um, precedents for this. Plenty including recent history. I named a couple in my article uh, to read out of one here. France, at the end of World War II, expelled every German out of Alsace and Lorraine at the end of the Second World War, two French provinces, and some of the German families had been there since 1870. They got a day's notice and were allowed to carry a suitcase that couldn't weigh more than 60 kilos. Gone. <laughs> Czechoslovakia did exactly the same thing. Got rid of every single German from the Sudentan land. Student, student land, student town. I can't remember how they're pronounced. Hundreds of thousands gone, bang, over in days. You think it can't happen? As regards to shit libs, collaborators, that's what they are. Whether they're in the media, positions of power, like the ABC, the whole of ABC are collaborators at this point. If you're working, if you're working for an institution like the ABC, you're a collaborator, whether or not you go, well, you believe in what they're saying or not. Just just having that on your CV is enough. You're a collaborator. That's what this is coming to. What's it coming to? It's coming to Northern Ireland on a, on a national scale all around the world. That's what this is coming to. Governments are getting very, very afraid of their own populations at the moment. And I think Great Britain's way out in front of everyone else. It's a sobering time. But these are the crazy years, and the crazy years are followed by the blood in the streets years. That's, that's what's going to happen. You think, you think it's going to be different? You think... You think that somehow it's all just going to be peace and happy times and everyone's just going to get, got to get on well with everyone else? Is that what you think? That you can throw all these melting pots together and somehow it's all going to work when it's never worked in the history of humankind? Keep drinking the Kool-Aid. You're either a patriot or a collaborator. And it might not matter right now, but it might be the Patriots who get fucked over in the short term. Pick your side carefully, folks. Pick your side based on what you believe in. Don't pick your side based on opportunity and circumstance. If you're a shitlib, be a shitlib. We don't want you to come across. We want to know who you are. I don't really have much else to say today. I'm very, 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 very annoyed at Quadrant for caving on this one. Um, 
I do have a subscription to Quadrant. It needs to be renewed. Uh, at this point, I'm not going to renew my subscription to the print edition, edition of Quadrant. I'm going to only renew my subscription to the online edition to support Roger Franklin, not to support Keith Windshuttle. If Keith Windshuttle resigns or takes back his apology, then I'll reconsider. Every other Quadrant subscriber should do the same thing. And if Quadrant goes down, make a new one. We'll make a new one. One that won't cave. Enough, enough, enough caving, guys. Enough giving in. Enough trying to get, get on to get along. Enough. I'm 45 years old and this has been going on my entire adult life, giving in to the left. Time after time after time after time. I never thought Quadrant would apologise. And yet, I did because I saved the article. Just in case. Who can you count on these days? If Quadrant, if Quadrant doesn't stand up in Australia, well then who, who, who are we counting on? Then, then you're counting on real extremists people who want to do terrible things that's 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 where we'll be driven if conservative pillars like quadrant don't stand up didn't even didn't even last four hours one letter from michelle guthrie some mainstream media pressure cave wow good job guys high fives and cocktails well done. You, you really showed them. From now on, every article written by Quadrant will have to have a little caveat at the bottom of it. If this offends anyone, don't worry, we'll immediately apologise and retract it. Yeah? Tell me I'm wrong. ABC must be loving this. They were in panic control. They were in panic mode damage control on Tuesday after the Q&A debacle and the Manchester terrorist attack hours later, and now they're laughing because they've got Quadrant to apologise for an article to them. It's just beyond belief, isn't it? Um, Jeffrey Luck is a contributor for Quadrant and used to be a producer for the ABC. Erica wrote something this morning. Here we go. Jeffrey Luck, May 25th, 9.30 a.m., so an hour ago. This is uh, what he wrote at the bottom of the article, which is still up. Disgracefully, Keith Winshuttle has caved into the hyperbole of Google, Guthrie's absurd claim that Roger's article created a fear of threat to her precious snowflakes. His apology was unnecessary, unjustified, and a fine example of a cringing submission to politically correct pressure aimed at suppression of alternative critical points of view. I have already protested to Fifield at his inability to distinguish between the hyperbole of a literary article and the viciousness of Islamic Quran-inspired atrocities, and complained to the ABC about Guthrie's crocodile tears. 
I'm calling on every reader of this fine website to protest and reject Windshuttle's apology. Otherwise, this is the beginning of the end for what we can write here. Fifield, by the way, is the minister for... Um, oh, what the fuck is he? He's the federal minister for... He's a conservative politician with a shit-lib face. face. Uh, Minister for Communications and Minister for the Arts. He shat all over Quadrant yesterday. A fucking scumbag. Absolutely shat all over them. As expected. Collaborator. That's what he is. Mitch Fifield, collaborator. Hashtag collaborator. It's all you need. It's all you need. Hashtag collaborator. That's really powerful. It's really, really, really powerful stuff. How do you argue against that? Got to get that meme going. I don't have Twitter. I'm tempted to join just to do that. In fact, I think I'll have to to put my money where my mouth is. See how, how how fast I can get an account banned. <laughs> Might be a record, having never had a Twitter account before in my name. Though I did have one on my noisy rogue blog. All right, shout outs. Uh, Aaron Clary, Captain Capitalism. Um, Cappy has a website, uh, blog, YouTube, podcast, Twitter, uh, Instagram and uh, is a one of the few rational economists who probably understand what Say's laws mean the left in the modern world today. He has an, uh, a company called Arsehole Consulting which, where he will take uh, questions for you that you have about your own life and everyone else is giving you uh, the runaround answers and, and, tell you, and tell you which way shit shines and which way's up. Uh, and you can find his site at captaincapitalism.blogspot.com um, he had a great podcast out a couple of days ago. We was talking about IBM revert, reversing their uh, their um, policy of allowing people to work remotely. Um, really, really worth listening to. If you go to uh, his site, it's episode number 200 of the Clary podcast. Um, very, very nice. Very, very interesting podcast. As I, as I said to Aaron, I said, because I, I gave him the heads up about, about the IBM stuff. But then he's taken it and extrapolated it and gone and taken it with places that I hadn't even considered, um, especially the, the human resources economics side of it. Just really, really good stuff. Um, so definitely check out the Cappy. He's got a bunch of books which are all excellent. And he's got a new one out uh, on retirement for everyday Americans called Poor Rich's Retirement. So check out the Cappy. Um, you can check out my books at pushingrubberdownhill.com. My first book, Pushing Rubber Downhill. A Journey to Manhood via Whitewater Adventures tells the story of how I got my shit together as a young guy, how I went from insecure, lying, little ball of shit, um, to the manly man that you hear before you now. 
and I did this by gallivanting around the globe as a whitewater instructor in Italy and Africa and Uganda and Canada and places like that. My second book, Run Guts, Pull Cones, a rafting uh, adventure in the Italian Alps, is about a, a season rafting in Italy and the cultural um, clashes that were had. And what it's like working is amongst real men in a manly uh, profession like whitewater rafting and what happens when women try and intrude on that space. They're available in paperback and Kindle and Pushing Rubber Down Hill is available in audio. If you like this podcast, hit subscribe here on SoundCloud. You can follow me on Gab. Uh, you can follow me on my blog. Um, I hit 120 followers today. It's quite cool. Um, slowly, slowly building up. I post every day an article and I try to be as in-depth as I can. Um, every Friday is uh, links to articles and YouTube videos that have interested me plus the hot chick of the week um, and we're on I'm on track to have the biggest uh, monthly views this month by far so it just keeps going up and up which is really really great um, if you like this podcast share it around I think it's important ones important messages guys we really are getting to the, the point where things are accelerating and getting out of hand and, you know, time to stand up. We'll call this the collaboration, the collaboration episode or something like that. I'll work it out. Okay, until next week, you guys, you be good. Talk to you then.